the man behind all valley powder coating in phoenix arizona is all about the numbers we'll find out how he turned struggle into triumph to get triple return on company growth with some head turning strategies he says the key to success lies in knowing your labor rate rent insurance powder utilities employees and more that is how much does it cost you to operate and he's got that down to the minute. See how he cost out jobs, take a tour of his shop, and find out how to put extra cash in the bank when you implement his three cash collecting policies. We're making the most out of workflow in the next Powder Coder podcast. Get ready to level up your Powder Coder game. Welcome to Roscoe's Powder Coder Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Scott. How do you make workflow equal cash flow? Today, we welcome a guy who started coding to supplement his income. The end. Happily ever after. Sounds lovely, right? Nope. Here's what really happened. The business failed with partners leaving left and right. The pressure of managing the biz led to some health issues for him uh, with all the stress and handling employees. Now, he feels like he's got a good grasp on things, coming from different industries and having developed a lot of processes and, of course, learning a lot of lessons. Let's find out what happened. Let's find out how and why he did get back into the game and grow 150% gross each year over the last four years. Welcome to the show, Paul Foster from AVP Coatings out of Arizona. How you doing, Paul? Pretty good, how are you? Good. <laughs> so uh, before we get into your story, I wanna talk about a little bit about some more of what we're gonna talk about today so that we can really get everybody primed. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we did a show um, discussing, um, we had detective coatings on, um, and Justin, uh, Moni on his, he's using a, uh, program that, yeah. uh, helps him manage and visually see all of the jobs coming in. Uh, shout out to, uh, Vibrant Coatings. He, uh, tagged us in his Instagram, um, today, uh, saying he's trying out the program and stuff. So that's really cool. We've affected uh, some nice. coder out there. And I, I just had that shot, saw that right before we hopped on this call today. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to, <laughs> to Vibrant Coatings. I'm hoping they're enjoying that. It did seem like a really nice program. And uh, maybe we can uh, help some more guys out there that are really ready for that. Um, yep. But now we're going to talk about <clears throat> the lessons you learned, this, the troubles and trials and tribulations you went through, and then how, you know, you created these processes within your shop, your workflow, um, in order to, uh, you know, 
get to a better cash flow? Because that's really, I mean, what are you all, what are we all in it for, right? <laughs> for the love, for the love, right? <laughs> it's just for the love. It's just for the love, right? Because you, you like dealing with people <laughs> to tell you how to do your job. And whiny customers. And yeah. um, why do you charge $80 a rim when I can get it from 50 or something like that, right? So. Yep. Let's get on. Let's get, let's move on from there and tell me about your story. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Cause I just gave a, a just a summary of what really yeah. what happened. <laughs> so we started at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, again, first business partner was a uh, friend for years prior. It was a 50, 50 split. And we'll, we're, we're going to do the summarized version of all these. Cause this is over probably five years. Um, and again, um, comes, it picked up pretty quick right off the bat. Um, yeah. we, you know, we did the normal thing advertised back then it was Yelp. No, no Google words <laughs> back then. Um, and we were just in a good industrial spot. There was businesses all around machine shops, car shops, and, uh, we were both car enthusiasts. Um, actually let me backtrack. So a year before we shook hands and said, let's do this. Mm -hmm. We did it out of his garage, all of our own stuff for our own cars before we realized, Hey, we could probably make some money at this and, you know, found a bigger oven. We were literally using a uh, household oven that we got for free off Craigslist. I had a uh, $60 craftsman powder coat gun from Sears. Oh, really? Sears. Yeah. Ooh that I had bought three years prior. Cause I was like, Oh, this looks like it could be fun. And it sat in a closet for three years before I ever, you know, even knew what powder coating was honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then fast forward, we shook hands, uh, found a location, shared it with someone else, which is also, uh, always another problem when you're sharing space with another business. Um, but that wasn't too big of an issue. It was just one of those things like, make sure your cars that you're working on are covered because powder and media Almost gets everywhere. everywhere and it's attracted to metal, go figure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, after say probably a year, year and a half, we were kind of in like a dead zone. He needed to quit his full-time job. I was there full-time and then some. Um, and again, it was a 50-50 split. So in my eyes, here I am doing most of the work and yeah, 50% of the of profits, which were very minimal back then, wasn't worth it. Um, so rather than lose a friend, I just said, you know, I'd rather have you as a friend than, you know, ruin a, a friendship over a business. I'm out. I'll go find something else to do. And literally at a car meet that week, another friend of mine was like, yeah, I really want to start an automotive shop, but it's hard to get a business up and going. I'm like, no, it's not super easy. Like I can help you if you want. And literally like the week after all the paperwork was done, he went shopping and then called me out of the blue and was like, Hey, I got a shop. I need a service rider. Do you want to come, you know, help me out? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can, you know, again, I'm was never like certified back then in automotive. Um, but you know, I've wrenched ever since I was a kid. So I was helping him out. And again, probably within a month for sure, get a phone call from my friend. Apology. Sorry, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize like 
what was really going on here. Cause again, he had a full-time job. So right. he thinks I'm there for eight. I was really there for 10, you know, 12, sometimes hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> right. And, um, Never mind the learning curve of powder coating and all of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and even though we had done it a year out of our house prior to that, it was, you know, it's, it's never ending. My, my favorite saying is as scientific as a process as it is, there is no exact science to it whatsoever. (laughs) Every day is a new, every day is a new adventure with powder coating. Yeah. I I actually prefer to call it alchemy really because. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. You know, it, 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 because of that volatility with it. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so as he called, apologized, um, you know, we kind of made, made amends because I, you know, I pretty much just left. I'm like, hey, it's all you. Don't worry about nothing. I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. Um, then he called me like a week later. He's like, you know, anyone that would want to buy it, would you want to buy it? And I'm like, eh, I'm kind of started, you know, the shop that we were at, we did a lot of German performance stuff. And I was kind of picking up. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm kind of happy over here. This, this is going to be fun. And um, one of our customers, uh, retired military, just kind of had money to throw around. Um, saw my car, asked about powder coating. And then as I got to know him a little more, I was like, hey, would you be interested in, you know, bringing, we'll partner up, we'll bring everything over here to this shop because we have plenty of room in the automotive shop. And then, in my eyes, I was thinking, you know, I could double dip, you know, I could right. I'm selling, selling jobs, we're doing builds. And while you're here, you know, you can get your stuff coded all at the same time. Win-win. Right. It is. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah. So I was doing that and the owner was totally cool with it. You know, it was basically, I worked, let's say, she's uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And that was the automotive shop hours. And I was very good at like, I did not go in that corner of the shop with the powder, powder stuff at all during those hours. I just worked on cars. And then, um, after hours, I'd punch out, lock the doors, start powder coating for another three or four hours a day. Um, and then again, any, so anything I sold through the shop or anything, any people that called me directly and wanted something powder coating, I kept the profits from anything. The other guy brought in, he kept his profits from, and it was really great because then, you know, he'd make like a quick five grand off powder coating and then disappear for three weeks. And so when his repeat customer called back and say, Hey, are you going to come do this? Oh no, you could do it. Keep the money. So it was great. Like I was yeah, again, double dipping, almost triple dipping. Um, but then, you know, we kind of outgrew it pretty quick. The shop was the automotive shop was also out outgrowing and, um, we kept kind of butting heads. He wanted to just go crazy, get loans. And I'm like, no, if we save up enough cash, like I've, I've been saving a decent amount of change, like money, like, where's your money? Like, let's just go put cash on it. Like, we don't need to finance anything. We, sh- we should have money. I, I got money. Couldn't work. And then a uh, automotive shop was a uh, husband and wife owned. So that, that kind of went south. <laughs> so, oh, well, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't one of those lucky ones where you know everyone's happy all the time and there was iphones being thrown across the shop at all all times of the day and yeah. um 
So it was just wasn't like, like me and Ross just yelling at each other and then yeah. next five minutes, oh honey, you want some lunch? <laughs> like I mean it went there was days like that for sure. But yeah, some more times than not, there was things being thrown left to right. And I was like, you know, yeah. again, I'm out. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't need that in my life. We had our I think yeah, we were just about to have our second child. So I was like, you know. But again, I just walked away. I have no problem walking away from bad situations. So <laughs> I just left. And then again, phone call after phone call from customers who have my cell phone number or they'd find me somehow, some way. And um, just yelling, cussing. Just couldn't hey. let it go, right? Yeah, they did, like, they couldn't let it go. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was what was <laughs> really hilarious scenario out of the whole thing. Um, so my wife was on maternity leave for three months. And like, I'll never forget that Monday morning, her first day back to work. Um, I just made a joke. I was like, yeah, well, now I'm going to take three months maternity leave. Since you got yours, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> and I literally got in the car. Like she left, took the kids to daycare. I get my car to go back to the shop. <laughs> dreading it. I get a text saying, hey, we can't give you your paycheck this week from the automotive shop. What? And what was funny, it was like, <clears throat> I usually wrote my own paycheck because i kind of manage the shop and I, I i didn't take one that friday because i knew there was like stuff had to clear it was kind of a tight week we had a lot of big builds and just money out there i was like oh, oh i could wait till monday you know like, again i got powder coating is paying me too my wife worked we were okay and that was just like the final nail in the coffin i was just like you know how about you just text me when you want me to come in because because also the, that weekend I was arguing with the other business partner about growth and everything like that. So I was just kind of spent. I'm like, you know, <laughs> so I went, got the kids from daycare and uh, took my three month maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> and again, customers calling me, they wanted me to do their parts. Um, they were yelling at me why their parts weren't done. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm out. I, I have nothing Not to do with it. Called yeah. Jason. It's all on him. And, um, um, so after about three months, I was like, man, I should really, you know, Cerakote was good money. I just started doing Cerakote at the other shop. Lots of headers. I was like, I probably, I could probably get away with doing air cure in my garage. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I got a compressor. I can set up a little box fan booth out the side door and go to town. Um, so I did that, but also the other guy was um, moving out of, out of town. And, you know, he wanted like 30 grand for or maybe 20, you know, thousands of dollars anyways. Um, wasn't worth it in my eyes. Uh, we originally paid five grand for the equipment. We upgraded some things. We had a better gun, obviously. Um, Why would he offer it? To, I don't know. Because yeah. it had cost, you know, the quote unquote um, was a running working business with clientele. Unfortunately, all the clientele was pissed off. Right. So I, I told him flat out, I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that name anymore. It used to be called Phoenix Powder Coating. Coating with a K, which always bugged me. I hate misspelled <laughs> words like that. So I was just like, um, you know, I don't want anything to do with it. <clears throat> so it came down to, I mean, I flat out just kept lowballing him. Um, had him down to, I think, like 3,500. And then when he finally went for it, <clears throat> I told him, 
Sorry, Jason. I know you're going to watch this. That's a great story, though. Um, $3,500 for all the equipment. It was kind of run down, beat up, wasn't taken care of. And then uh, he finally called and was like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, you know, I went down there and I looked at it. It's only worth two. It's only worth only worth two thousand for me. That's the stop button. Let me turn it off. So of course, geez, we're closed, people. <laughs> um. So yeah, I went there. He, you know, he, he. I think he just hung up on me flat out. He was like, "Screw you, you're crazy." The day before he had to leave to go to Virginia. I called him one more time, like, hey, we can take that 2000 And he's like, no. Okay, are you paying rent at Jay's shop? No. And mind you, I was on good terms with the automotive shop, even though we had parted ways. Right. They're still good friends to this day. But um, I was like, okay, then don't worry about it. And I, well, what does that mean? Do you really think, you know, he didn't want anything to do with powder coating. I'm like, do you really think they're just going to let that equipment sit there? Like you're going to Virginia tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow with a truck to pick it all up for free. Like take it or leave it. <laughs> so I ended up meeting him down there, gave him 2000 for the equipment and somehow swindled a, a $500 Audi A4 out of it as well. Oh my goodness. That was his at the shop. Um, so that was the last partner I ever had and ever will have. <laughs> so you're, so you uh, you've now commandeered the equipment, but you're still in the same shop with the automotive guys. Nope. So we pulled that out and took it home. And so just started working out of the house for a bit. And okay. then, um, that was fun for a while, but it's really hard to work from home and separate your home and work life. <laughs> yeah, can be. And then, uh, also kids. in between that, I think before we did the final deal, I had started another job another managing another shop um up north and um so now i'm doing that full time going home working a little more so again just super burning the candle at both ends yeah it's probably year year five or six by now and then um i kept trying to quit the automotive shop because i got the powder i had a few like good decent contracts like medical contracts aerospace just doing it out of home out of a five by four by four oven right like and i i pumped a lot of work out of that uh little tiny oven and um actually if you go to my facebook page and scroll all the way to the bottom that was all out of the house it was pretty impressive looking back on that but uh <laughs> um, do what you gotta do right I mean so every time i tried to quit the automotive shop and go full-time powder the guy kept throwing more money at me he didn't want me to go anywhere I stayed where the money was what was stable you know i knew i was going to get a paycheck every week right and then finally you know powder side hustle outweighed full-time employment i was like listen i really got to go this time like <laughs> this is the fourth <laughs> time i'm telling you i quit i mean it um said okay and then the next day i go back and he's like hey the unit next door is available i'll pay rent move your equipment here you can come and go as you please all day long so again and, and he threw more money at me so i didn't do i didn't have him pay rent i was like I'm, that's just weird now i'm in your pocket right and 
Yeah. We're not agreeing on a partnership, but now I'm going to be in another situation. So I was like, whatever, I could pay my own rent. As long as you're hundred percent cool with like, if I got to go over there and deal with people, I can walk away here. You're fine. He was fine. So that for two years and in that two years, it grew, you know, I had two ovens, uh, seven by seven by 10 and the, five, and the five by four by four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I pretty much did everything. I was shooting from the hip on pricing. You know, occasionally I call other powder coaters. What do you do a cage for? 280 bucks. I was subbing out my sandblasting. So that didn't make too much sense for me, but that's what other people charge. So that's what I charge. Terrible way to do business and not make money. Um, so after those two years, again, burning the candle at both ends, I'm probably working. I finally decided Sundays were my day off for the family. Uh, so I was working six days a week, typically 5 a.m. to midnight-ish every day for two years. <laughs> yeah. Even with employees, again, you know, we had, um, I think, four guys at the automotive shop and four to six at the powder shop. But I was still... We, we did a lot of volume. It was kind of crazy. And I never really <clears throat> paid attention to the money that it made while I was up there. Cause again, burning a candle both ends, money's coming in from almost every direction. I was happy. <laughs> um, but again, like you said, the health issues, stomach ulcers, um, I'm sure we've all seen blood come out of places it shouldn't from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> Owning a no, business. <laughs> ulcers are serious business, you know? Yeah. So again, I'm like, Hey, I'm quitting for real this time. No ifs, ands, or buts. I got to go in a week. And my wife was definitely on my case. Like, she's like, we can't do this anymore. You know, you kind of need to be here for your kids, for me. Uh, And then also this was our third child was on the way or might've been just, just came. So um, then the problem became finding a space to rent in Phoenix was brutal. Everything was going up um i pretty much would <clears throat> i had to sign a lease almost a year before mine expired to get oh, in really anywhere. yeah so the it vacancy was, rate was very very low very low it yeah. was um so i couldn't find anything and i and again i didn't want to go too big i wanted to downsize so i was going to get rid of the big oven i had a six foot cube oven made um by one of my customers which is great, you know, dealing with fabricators all day long. Hey, build me mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> and um, even crazier, he built it in two days from nothing. Wow. My, my six foot cube oven. And it was only, it was only 2,500 bucks. Wow, that's parts, great. Parts and labor. It was great. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's a lesson learned there. Take care of your customers. They will take care of you. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I do. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, a place that we had looked at ended up, the guy ended up folding on it, but I still had seven months on my lease. But, you know, again, there was nothing else in sight anywhere. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay two rents, I guess, until I'm out of here. So I finally quit the automotive stuff, but unfortunately I was still two bays over. So everyone would come over and ask questions about, you know, cars that have been worked on. It's like, man, I, I quit. I'm done. Stop. 
So right. I had to, it got to a point where I had to lock myself in that shop. So no one, you know, they're banging on the door, not answering. Wow. Then, <laughs> wow. um, you know, they'd come over and complain about their new boss and how great I was, which, you know, makes me feel good, but I don't want to hear it. I had work to do. Yeah. It's hard and to then, stay uh, focused. And then when I finally started dialing it in um, and stopped with the whole price matching nonsense, again, it, it kind of went back to automotive where, you know, there's a shop labor rate, you know, shops here now, they're like 140 an hour to work, get your car worked on. Mm-hmm. Dealerships are over 200 an hour. Um, but then it got me thinking, you know, that's automotive side, but any skilled labor has a labor rate. Like even your, you know, landscapers charged by the hour, contractors charged by the hour. How come powder coaters don't? They shoot from the hip and think they're either going to make it or not. And that's that. Yeah. This is an interesting concept that you're bringing up because we've talked about pricing on the show before. Mm -hmm. Um, Where Terry, I think it was episode five. He, you know, he was like, you have to, know your costs and your overhead you know like you have to know how much things cost what is it costing you to order that powder what is it costing you to for the electricity for the rent for the uh office supplies whatever you have to enumerate all of that stuff but yeah um we didn't really drill down to what you're talking about which is where you're saying you're coming from is this automotive side where they deal with this all the time why yeah. aren't powder coaters doing this? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to bring it. My, my husband came. Well, we we never drive in together, right? We always yeah. we always drive two separate cars. And our neighbors are always like, why do you guys drive in separate cars? You're going home, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> it's called peace of mind. I work with the guy all day long. Yeah. I can drive home by myself. Even well, if my wife and I did gas. that too. My wife and I did that too. It was like, I'm going to go early. And she, she, she came in um, a little later and just ran the front when she was working here. And then she would leave or I would either, I would leave early to go get the kids or vice versa, you right. know, depending on what was going on, but yeah, it's needed sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we got this client came, he'd been messaging me on Instagram and, you know, showing me parts of the truck that he wants powder coated, but, you know, you're looking underneath the truck and I can't see the part in and of itself, you know, until you bring it in and, and stuff. And all week Ross has been shooting himself in the foot on underbidding. And it's funny because what I came to the conclusion with last night was he's really good with somebody sends him a schematic with a gate or a mm-hmm. railing and the guy can nail it. Right. I'm terrible at that. Terrible at that. But he's really good at it. He can, he, he can figure that stuff out easy peasy, but when it comes to someone in his shop, coming with this, their parts and this and that, you know, whatever it is, motorcycles, automotive, truck lifts, you know, he gets, when he meets the person face to face, I don't know if he just feels sorry for them or if it's like, this guy needs help or, you know, like it's, maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know, but 
So we're in the car, you know, so, so he goes, well, you're going to have to pay up front for the order on the, the, the prismatic illusion blue we were talking yeah. about earlier. And, and so he goes, go ahead and order five pounds. I said, okay. So, you know, I'm collecting money from him while I'm ordering the illusion blue at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm charging my retail rate, you know, yeah. this shipping, um, plus a little markup for myself. And, you know, the kid isn't saying anything, but, um, you know, I'm charging him some good chunk of cash up front, yeah. you know, and then on the drive home, you know, I said, you know, how much are you charging for that job? And then of course the powder was cost us half of what he what he priced the job out for it, you know, like oh, that basically like brutal got, he's like, well, we're just basically lost money on that. I'm like, no, we didn't because you're, you didn't do your own. I said, it's funny. You come up with these formulas and these things. And then yet you don't follow any of the rules. The minute someone comes down to the shop and I yeah. said, I'm better off bidding the job myself. Um, than to rely on you to go and meet the customer to do it because I'm following the formula that yeah. we have set up. And I, I would have, and I calculated, I would have charged uh, with the special order. I think I would have charged three times as much as he, you know, two, two to three times as much Yeah. Um, because of the special order powder, because of, and it's a two code system, you know, yep. so he, you know, by the time you're, you know, it needs a, it, by the time you're done, well, it's a dormant. So it's like, by you know, it needs a clear coat. And you know, it, it, like, why is it that the rules don't apply to him? You know, he, he's ignoring his own rules. So again, we're still dealing with pricing issues and I'm, 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 I've had it. Yeah. I've really, um, really had it. So funny you bring all that up because we literally had the exact same scenario in our shop today. So this... <laughs> Good. I'm not um, the only one. So another weird thing I do every year, we close for the last, I close right before Christmas, depending on where it falls. This last year, we closed for two, two full weeks. Yeah, uh, I saw your post on Instagram. Seven, 16 days or something like that, but um, mm -hmm. which is the longest I've ever closed. And surprisingly, the least anyone's complained about it. But uh, <laughs> um, over that time, I, I kind of do like a self audit and mm -hmm. make sure like so when january comes around i can roll out an email saying hey here's the changes we're going to make sorry yeah. deal with it or go Best somewhere time else. to change prices um so one of the things was going through invoices like a lot of the public people were paying um you know about the same maybe a little more than uh, like our wholesale that are here once a week twice a week three times a week to me, that's not right. Again, coming from automotive, automotive guys always get 20% less than, you know, Joe Blow off the street grabbing parts or whatever. Right. So I raised our biggest change I made was our minimum for the public was bumped from $65 to $150. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that was going through, uh, again, like I, I typically don't deal with the shop cell phone too much i try to stay away from that because <laughs> i've been the rules just like ross does yep and it's bad and especially you know customers that have been here for 13 years like 
you know, hey, you help me make make me who I am. I'm I, I cut breaks all the time. I it's know. Ter- terrible it's for terrible. business. Terrible. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> but um, so our minimum is 150. Well, some nice old man came in today, and when he was met with the price, he kind of almost had a heart attack. <laughs> And so Matt felt sympathy for him and knocked it down to, I don't know, 80 or 100. You know, it's not a lot of parts, but the problem is, um, you know, public is typically two and a half weeks out. We try to keep all of our regular business. Again, that's my main business model is small businesses, parts, manufacturers, things like that. Uh, we try to keep them at a week guaranteed turnaround. And if they want anything sooner, they could pay extra to expedite it. Um, but yeah, that was pretty, like we literally just had the talk a couple of days ago. Like yeah. this is the minimum. Like we got signage. It's on an email. It's on their invoices. It's on the, um, we have yeah. paperwork similar to what you showed. Um, it's on there in writing. Like it's, it's straightforward. And you know, those are the, business rules so either deal with it or sadly go find someone that doesn't have a minimum i don't i don't doesn't bother me that much (laughs) yeah i think that the um you know you can have multiple formulas uh for equating jobs okay i'm not saying you must go you know you must follow i'm just saying that when you've got someone bringing you a new part of the box is obviously going to be a little different than somebody bringing you a rusty old part from an underneath a truck, mm-hmm. you know, where he's, you know, and, and I'm, pardon me for judgment, but like the, the guy's lifting his truck. I it's, he says it's not a show truck. Okay. But then, you know, guys want, they got this, there's the show truck guys, and then there's the guys that just want a nice truck or do something for themselves, yeah. uh, you know, feel special or whatever. And, you know, um, Jesus, he was out there for like 30 minutes just trying to decide on color. We've got all the colors, you know, Columbia, Prismatic, yep. Tiger Drylock, you know, and, you know, 30 minutes to pick a color. And it's the same color he told me about he wanted in the email. So, you know, okay, I can... You know, you see, you're thinking about all the time you spent just talking to the dude. And then you're looking at his parts and the thing was super rusty. I mean, like, we're talking like, uh, you know, we're talking like grade C, grade D rust. That is the rustiest rust you can have. Okay, guys, I'm not going to get my little cheat sheet out (laughs) there, but I love the, uh, Jeff Taylor sent me this. I, I got to show it because I, I would love to get more people to see the the uh, thing. So hold on just a minute. I'm going to go run over and get it because I'm trying to make my okay. point. Yeah. I love this thing. I got it from uh, Jeff Taylor. He was featured in uh, episode 14 and 15. He was so good. I had him back, come back again. But, um, you know, this this little handy thing tells you about like, and it's hard because you've seen it in reverse, but yeah. it says grade A. 
okay? There's virtually no rust on this picture. I mean, just tiny yeah. little bit right there, okay? This is how the industry uh, enumerates or uh, develops their, they need to have a speck of rust. So you need to understand what you're looking at. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, makes sense. And now, yeah, so this is grade B. Now, when they're trying, because they're selling sandblasting equipment, they came up with what what a, a white metal or a NACE 5, which is a rating, it's called, uh, sorry, NACE 1. This yeah. is what you're going for. So when someone brings you something like this, this is what it should look like when you're done blasting it. Yeah. So there's different grades, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, you get down to like grade C rust, which yep. you, everybody's seen this. And then, yeah. of course, you know, now it's getting a little pity. <clears throat> so you can yep. kind of see what it would look like when you're done blasting it. And, of course, my favorite is grade D, where it's, like, super pitted and rusted already. And, of yep. course, you, you, you're starting to see the metal and what it's going to look like. And, of course, when you're trying oh, to you visualize. Know, you know, when they, bring that, when they bring that one in right there, they want yeah. gloss black. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you have to, I love showing people this because it helps them, you know, realize that when they do pick up, you know, gloss, gloss black or whatever, that yeah. you're still going to see these bumps in there. I'm not going to fill it. I'm not going to go to a body shop for that. But, um, yeah. you know, so last night I was having this, you know, of course he's mad at me for, I don't know what, for, for, no, so he's just mad at me. <laughs> Maybe because I brought up his flaw in thinking, probably. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, okay, what if you could have a formula for uh, the nice stuff, and then the, you've got the restoration formula, and what if you could bury it um, that when you do have a uh, a grade level as bad as C or D, you know, you, you know, you're going to spend more time on that. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it doesn't matter what, how many parts fit in the oven. Okay. This is not, you know, you obviously can look at the parts in the back of the guy's truck and know it all fits in your smallest oven or your, yeah. you know, your middle size oven or your large yeah. oven or whatever the oven size is. Um, and then we've talked about batch pricing, you know, and, and stuff, but there's still like this extra level of effort you have to put into not just if he's picking an illusion or a dormant or a two coat, three coat system, uh, <clears throat> there's gotta be a price variable. Then you've got this pricing, you know, that you have to go in special order, this color from Prismatic or Columbia on top of all of that, you know? Yeah. And yep. let me tell you, I I've looked at some of these, Pricing on powder is going up. They'd the rather... first time it got me, so I again, I don't charge for powder. I just order it. It comes, spray the parts, and that's that. But one time I was on vacation. Somebody, you know, wasn't notified that we needed a certain color. Um, and it was just one color. Only powder by the pound sells it. Mm -hmm. I called the order, and it was $38 a pound. Yeah. No, no, no. That's the wrong one. It's eighteen ninety nine. No, 
the starlight blue, $38 a pound. So whatever, you know, I needed it six pounds. I'll deal with it later. Get back from vacation. I start going through, you know, the actual invoices and charges. And I was like, it, you know, last time I paid attention, I, I think he just told me like how much it was. And I was like, Whoa, wait, why is it so much? Normally I'm just like charge the card. Goodbye. I got to get back to work. You know, I don't, they typically don't say, you know, your total charge is going to be this much. And uh, sure enough, over like a three-year period, it went from 1899 to 38. And I was like, and again, another one, that's another one. I'm like, wow, I did, didn't compensate for that in any way, shape or form. Right. You know, I'm so, still charging, charging five bucks a sign for the, <laughs> for this. Yeah. Um, we used to have different ratings uh, or not ratings, but different rates for powder. Like the rows yeah. were typically cheaper than and the industrial colors were typically cheaper than some of the illusions and transparents that, you know, some other, then you've got the whole shipping thing. But, um, you know, I don't know if people, everybody's got to know this, the powder prices are going up and they're not going to stop. Yeah. Not for right now um, until economy, the economy stabilizes. Um, yeah. as it is now they're just hiding there and it's not so much some of it is just supply disruption but other parts of it is is shipping rates themselves are going up yeah. and um, the availability or inavailability of powder and so what my point is is that they're they're kind of hiding they're kind of shoving it under the rug. They're hiding yeah. their, it's easier for these large companies to hide their shipping rates in the price of powder than to directly charge you more for shipping. Yeah. Because when they do, it's going to destabilize your point of view about ordering powder from them. Yeah. So it's easier for the, for you to to digest a higher powder price because you know you need that color for that customer yeah. than it is for you to see a differential in uh, the- Especially, company. even though Prismatic's kind of pricey, but you know, 12 bucks for overnight all this day is, long. Yeah, this is what, <laughs> seriously, like this is what's giving them such a leading edge in that sense, yeah. you know? Um, but I don't, you know, I didn't mean to kind of go off on such a divergentness of, of like pricing, but it is yeah. really, uh, especially powder pricing, it, it, it is directly related to what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, it probably took a, a little bit of a meander down that pathway a little too far, but I do yeah. want to come back to processes and workflow because that's really what we're here to talk about and how... Yeah your system or your specific way is helping you with better yeah. cash flow because we all know that we can't solve our 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 formula our estimating t tomorrow right you know yeah. it's it's going to have it's just one of those ever ever yeah, things so, you know yeah back back on topic so the reason i upped the price for minimum batch for the public is just like you said, you know, you spend a half hour with them, picking a color out, holding their hand, trying to figure this and that and the other out. And um, my business guys, 
you know, they come in, they fill out their paper, they're like black and they're gone. So there's no need to charge them 150 bucks because they're not wasting my time. But, you know, now this other guy is probably going to text three more times just to check in and see if it's done yet. And it's like, no, this is the day we said it would be done. And uh, no news is good news. We're still on track. Right. So, yeah, I went through, you know, again, over the two week break, I went through all the text messages on the phone. And I'm just like some of these jobs, I'm like, holy cow, we just in text messages, let alone, you know, 20 minute phone call trying to figure you know, oh, you need more powder or this needs to be masked off or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, just and then um, yeah, the other thing I started this year as well was um, I'm going to alternate public and business and just bump the price up 3% every year to account for exactly what you're talking about. The supplies yeah. just keep going up. You know, I get these emails from Axel Nobel and Tiger, Yeah. you know, hey, prices are going up cool. I guess mine are too. So I, I raised all my prices last year across the board. And some of them, you know, again, I've had customers for 13 years. They have been paying the same price for 13 years. And, you know, a bottle of Cerakote, a, a quart is not $80 anymore. No, not, a, <laughs> not at all. Everyone was cool with it. You know, we just put and it, it into a cell. five minutes on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I got a couple of people asked why is it going up so much? And, you know, I just gave them the explanation. Hey, we we're masking them this way. Now it's a little different, but you'll, it'll be easier for both of us to handle the part after the fact, Right. you know, things like that. And everyone was totally understanding. I don't, I don't think I lost a single customer from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I did, I haven't noticed. So you're defining your customer as uh, you're calling how are you describing these customers? The, the the guys with the lower rate versus the guys with the higher rate. You're calling them different types of customers. Customer yeah, so types. like wholesale. Wholesale. Yeah, so okay. wholesale and retail. And retail. So example, yeah. I have a, a few friends that have like wheel repair only shops. So obviously you can bring your car there as an individual, drop your car off, have the wheels done. But they also go to the dealerships and pick up, you know, 12 sets of wheels at a time. So obviously the people who bring you more consistent work week after week, you know, one, they kind of deserve a a price break. Yeah. Um, That's American way, you know, but again, um, I also have a wholesale labor rate and a retail labor rate. So let's get into that. Yeah. I I do want to, are you going to share your screen? Um, or what are we doing? Not really. So again, let me see. Uh, I have never used Zoom before. So you go, you see the little dashboard um, when you put your cursor. Um, it's on my phone. Oh, okay. If it's on your phone, oh, I meeting you might settings. have to go to a gear or something. Yeah, it'll say share screen. And you should have permission because I already allowed that. Ah, here we go. Screen. Can you see that or no? 
I see an A, um, which is, it, it's just a, there's no, no, yeah, I don't see I'm, it. I'm scrolling. I think I got to click something in here. Zoom. There we go. Do you see now? Uh-uh. There we go. Hold on. It's coming up now. Oh. Okay. All right. I see your phone. So pretty simple. Okay. So you're going to, yeah, I see a calculator yeah. now. So yeah, it's just, um, I'm trying to think of where, when I originally came up with this. Um, nah, let's just see how close I am currently. So current expenses, I have pretty pegged down. Oh, what just happened? It, seemed, it got out of there. It did. Why did it get out of there? Can you see it now? Uh-uh. Oh, I know what happened. Hold on. Or did I lose you all together? Are you still there? I, I can hear you, but I can't see what? your screen anymore. I can't even see the app anymore. What just happened? Um, meeting. I'm in the meet and chat. Give me a sec. Oh, back yeah. to me. There we go. I see you now. Share. Screen. There we go. All right. We're back here. Okay. Let me move this little guy out of the way. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. So this number here, oh, I can't remember if it includes payroll or not. Um, definitely, yeah, it has to include payroll. So payroll, shop supplies, um, shop rent, electricity, et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. um, Trying to remember, I'm pretty sure my payroll and my bills are in this number as well. So with that, it boils down to, so that's in a month. So 18,000 in expenses a month. So this takes it to a week. And then from here, you know, how many, uh, yeah, so how many hours in a week do you wanna work? You know, obviously. I see. Obviously Wait, so 40. sorry, where's the 45 again? 45 so comes that's, from. That's total expenses divided down to a week. Okay, got so it. That's how much it costs to run your shop weekly. Correct. But that number is break even. Yeah, that's a break even. No, no money for groceries kind of thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping in your shop and eating at Burger yeah. King. And I remember yeah. when I originally did this, I put in an extra employee. It, you know, I think when I originally came up with this formula and that 18,000 number, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. So long ago. Um, so this 40 hours a week is the- So 40 is, hours a week. That's how- Is the that's shop- is the shop's hours or are I you kinda, accounting yeah, well, that as one employee? How many hours? Oh, that's loud. Uh, how many hours do I actually want to put in is kind of how I did that. Okay. Um, okay. So that's the out. So then you get uh, the on, 112. Think, 
Yeah, no, that's off. Okay, so I think uh, let's try this again. Let me let me pull up a quick PNL. <laughs> no worries. Uh, report. See, I give office responsibilities to someone, someone else, and I completely forget <laughs> how to use things. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, what button did I push to do all that mess? Acres. <laughs> Acres. Yeah, what's going on? Now this guy is next to where I need to hit again. There we go. Oh, <laughs> um, you have a fat finger challenge. Yeah. Here we go. All right. We'll just do this. Um, and I, I think last year, um, just to throw everything out there, I paid myself 50,000 for the year. Okay. Um, so, I mean, technically it was, that was total expenses for the year. So yeah, powder was like 32 grand for the year. Sounds about right. That's between Cardinal and Serco and Prismatic. I pretty much don't order from anyone else. I order like five pounds a year from uh, Powder by the Pound. Okay. But okay, so two employees um, plus myself plus all shop expenses. It's 180. Um, yeah, the only thing I know for a fact's not in here because I told my accountant to fix it. I did not have equipment. Uh, depreciated properly and quickly. Yeah, but that's something that happens on the tax side, and I'm not too concerned about that. This is the practicality this is, yeah, this side. This is like our, you know, insurance, right. food, yeah. uh, my Spotify subscription, all the good stuff. All the stuff that you, the reason why you're in business is so you can have your Spotify and listen to the yeah. Powder Coder podcast <laughs> every Wednesday right? <laughs> and write it off. Um, yeah, this still doesn't look right. So now it's telling me fifteen thousand. When I know for a fact last December was definitely eighteen thousand in the expenses. But um, but you were dividing that by what months? Twelve. Yeah. So that's twelve, 12 months, months yeah. right there. And that's how you you were getting that forty five hundred. So they would have to be. Yep. So then take it back yeah. down to a week. Which that right. again, but that's, that's you know we're just doing a sample there. So that's pretty yeah. close to your forty five. Um, I feel like table's not in this. I need to look into that. But uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, this is this is the gist. So then you break it down to how many hours you know you want to work a week. Right. I think I did stop here. Yeah. So that's your that's your break even hourly rate. So okay. yeah. Before, when I that's initially, fair. That's a total again, fair rate. Yeah, and again, I haven't done this since. Yeah, I know. And here's I was years. doing that stuff too. And I'll tell you, if you're not doing it every day, yeah, you're only doing it every quarter 
or even once a month. Yeah. I'm telling you, you have to like reprogram your brain and yeah. refamiliarize yourself with those formulas because it's not something you want to hang in there all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want and to forget I, I about it. I remember when I did this formula four years ago, initially, when I moved locations to my uh-huh. uh, like fifth location, <laughs> um, it came out to like 56 bucks an hour. And I was like, man, that just seems way too cheap. Because again, and on the automotive side, I was charging 110 an hour. Right. Now, granted, our you know parts bill at an automotive shop is 30 to 40 grand a month because it's car parts, not pennies on the dollar powder. Um, yeah, well, so remember, that's your break even, that 93. Yeah, exactly. That's hypothetically, that's, right? So, yeah, I mean, exactly. So what you I know, did, you, you need to actually charge more. Yeah. So the profit my, is scared your profit. me, you know, it was like 50, 56 bucks an hour back then. So let's, let's call you know, we're looking at this right now. So 93 bucks an hour. I'm like that. It's, you know, it's 2021 now that is not enough for hourly labor no. rate. Yeah. Um, so what I did back then it was a hundred, I just bumped it up. I'm like, let's go crazy. 160 an hour. Um, for powder and then I did 300 for Cerakote. Um, so, oh. so basically, so again, 160 an hour, uh, divided by 60. So basically, you know, $2 round up to 70 cents. So $2 and 70 cents per minute gross is what the goal was back then to hit. So now basically what I did every time a job would come in. Uh-huh. Um, and what was the 60 run. again? I forgot. What's the 60 again? The 60. You went 160 divided by 60. Oh, divided by um, an hour, one hour. Oh, so and one hour, 60 minutes. minutes. Okay. okay. Yeah, so so great. Okay. I broke it down to like a full minute. Minute. That's um, cool. I, I like that. I haven't seen that and like again we've done that in our blast a lot of my jobs are the same stuff over and over again mm-hmm. um so basically from the time anyone grabs a form they if it's a new part that we've never done before you got to run a stopwatch like the second you look at the form a stopwatch is going just counting minutes up um so the guy prepping it takes a job you know he just blasts it as normal walking around, you know, always tell them like, if you're going to the bathroom, make sure you stop the clock. If you go take right, a break, like stop right. the clock. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> like right, let's yeah. not price us way out. Um, and then, uh, you know, when they're done with the paper, they stop the clock, they write on there, you know, Hey, this took me 20 minutes to sandblast. Then the coder gets it. When the coder gets the paper, same thing, run the stop clock, mm-hmm. you code it. Um, there's a few variables. Um, so, you know, just, just handling, hanging, the clock's running, coding, clock's running. It goes into the oven. Unless you're still doing the job, like if it's multiple batches, the clock stops because mm-hmm. that's, an ex- you know, the electricity for the oven is an expense factored in to the labor rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to bill them for oven time unless right. it's a 45-pound weight or a boat anchor Oh, yeah, because it then, needs extra know, time in the oven, heavy. right? I would, um, We won't even attempt that blocks. kind of stuff. 
yeah. I did some lift blocks today that took an hour to cure. I had to, yeah. I pulled the batch out because everything else on the rack was cure. And I grabbed those two parts, put them on the next one going in. So we definitely, that's the only thing I keep an eye out for. And I tell Matt who runs the front, you know, if it's over 30 pounds, just okay. add a good, you know, 20 to 50 bucks, depending on, you know, I've done a fire hydrant before. And I think originally, you know, oh, it's not that big. So it'll be fine. You know, hundred, hundred bucks. Right. And yeah, it, it was terrible to handle in and out of the strip tank. Cause I don't have a, a basket on a winch. Um, Blasting it was brutal. And then curing was a good 55 minutes by itself. I, I also here, I do not spray on my racks typically, unless it's something like that, where I can't grab it and then put it on a rack after it's coated. Um, so yeah, that that's about the only thing I'll charge extra for is um, uh, like, if it's just really heavy and it's, you know, it's going to kind of hold up the line. Because pretty much I have it dialed into there's a, a batch coming out of the oven and another one ready to go in every 20 to 25 minutes. There, that's and the other, you know, kind of like clockwork. Right. Um, you know, back when we were a little busier and, um, and stuff, we were, you know, the downtime was used to prep the next job, you know, but then at a certain level, you, you, you run out of racks, right? Oh yeah. You could do it all day That's long, it. but then you've got a whole shop full of empty racks or racks you're trying to take apart, you know, yeah. new parts on, you know, it's just, that gets a little complicated, but the way that you showed us just now, I've actually done that for our blasting, sand yeah. blasting, uh, you know, if I, if I could just separate that out, uh, as a service, um, yeah. I have, uh, basically, I brought it down to about three dollars and thirty-three cents a minute, which technically is two hundred dollars an hour um, yeah. and stuff. Uh, in the past, when we've uh, set up hourly pricing on um, taping, um, if we don't do this all the time, but if for some reason, like you're saying, like something needs an extra taping or extra extra hanging time, extra, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, these custom coders out here have to understand that you may have to come up with multiple systems, multiple processes on pricing. Yeah. Because if you were just to stick to one standard model, guaranteed you're losing money. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know? um, and this was the argument, or rather his, uh, you know, his pissed offness last night and then him you know it, you know just the whole dynamic in the car was just like it was supposed to be a joyful ride home uh right. and you know it just ended up being like you know um i'm gonna go to the store and get some beer honey you know yeah. <laughs> kind of thing um yeah. and uh you know i i swear to god that's what took me so long to sleep last night because i was like literally trying to solve this problem and that's what we're coming to to actually talk about today yeah. and that is um there isn't one you have if you're a if you're a successful custom coder at this moment uh, i'm not going to say i'm always yeah. going to agree to this but at this very moment 
I am thinking you need to have multiple uh, pricing formulas just to stay ahead of your own, to stay out of the way of your own tripping up and falling down um, yeah. and stuff. And I think I had something in my mind last night and that was if you have a grade C or a grade D rust, then mm -hmm. there that's where it diverges into another price. Uh, yeah. A branch, a branch off the price. That's the other thing tree. I've always kind of wanted to do. Um, I have a couple things in the front room I'll show you that's that I like to show customers, but like we're we're very upfront here about um you know, hey, if it's pitted metal, it's not going to look great. You probably definitely don't want to do gloss black, but we'll do it if you want. Right. Um, and unfortunately, we can't give you an exact price because of the reasons you're saying. Like, and and we and most of them are cool as long as you're up front with them. It's the problem around here, especially, is like people take it in because you know I have. Um, let me switch my camera around. So price list of. I don't know how clear you can see that. If it's yeah, pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so, you so you've know, got your are, own kind of preset price list. Yeah. So it's, I run QuickBooks online. Um, and again, so like, uh, we'll do like that 12 inch empire can. It's basically nine bucks a piece is what we charge them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the formula, you do uh, nine divided by $2.70 each. So we got like three, three and a half minutes into each can as far as sandblasting, hanging and coating. Mm -hmm. um, but this way too, like, you know, if there's bumpers in here, so we got batch. So when people just bring a bunch of random stuff, like I don't, I'm not going to Yeah, we just there. do batch pricing. Too. Yeah, uh, yeah, just batch. Yeah. We run, we still run the timer and whatever the timer ends at, we just batch, put the price in and hey, guess what? We didn't lose money. <laughs> as long, right. as long as, you know, there's always those rare moments where someone forgets to write down how long they blasted it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, luckily there's cameras. So you can kind of gauge when they started, when they stopped loosely, worst mm -hmm. case. Um. I'm trying to find something here. And all like these hyphenated ones, like these are companies that just keep coming over and over. So like, again, this crash bar for Dean Speed is going to be different than a crash bar from FXR division. Handlebars mm -hmm. are different, you That's know, just smart. size. Because, you know, again, size, style, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's... T bars for motorcycles. There's those big ape hangers. Yeah. So if you just had a handlebar in here for you know twenty bucks or whatever, eleven bucks, um, like you're not, it, it's just not going to work because one's not the same as the other. No, no parts are really the same, especially one customer to the next. Um, yeah. So it's find... like we started off with like talking about wanting to talk about like processes. Yeah. Uh, workflow processes and how it leads to cash flow, but really, it's more about uh, expenses and yeah, the expenses. But like I was going to say, like customer, um, you know, knowledge, clarifying customers, yeah. I guess, or 
Yeah, I definitely want like a wall, like customer knowledge base. Like, hey, um, if your fencing has holes in it, it's still going to rust from the inside out. That's a good one. I People get so crazy when they're like, yeah, what's your warranty on it? I'm like, well, there isn't one. Why? Because it's hollow. There's holes everywhere. It's going to ru- I can't get inside. Like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so uh, here's another thing. So like the form... And these are probably oh, you have be, a form too. Okay. Yeah. Form. So these are probably a lot of bad examples because these are every day. Like this guy comes three times a day. So he just we just get the basic. Like, okay, they're 12 inch cans. There's five of them. They're going yellow. And then we always take pictures of the items. Yes. Oh God, Again, so important. Before, during, and get, after. Um, my guy gets complacent. Uh so like this, for example. Um nothing on there so like there's little dots um uh-huh. those are like mass things that need to be masked off let's see if i can find a better one and then also this is um you know expedite job right so, so I, you're think, more. I think he needs it by friday so we just charge 50 percent extra yeah this is, a blank, smart. this is a blank po anyway so we just yeah uh, again however long it takes we'll do that normal time and then add another 50 percent um yeah and i can see um you know paul i can see how this is helping you because you are in such a you know part of the reason why we wanted to talk today is that uh you're in such a competitive region or area or city and um yet you are you are doing it well you're succeeding you're beating out the competition Editors, low pricing or differential differential because they're they're just charging these cheap prices and trying to turn it around quickly. Yeah. And here you are, you're you've got you're a success story in, in the sense that you've got multiple jobs coming in and uh, able to complete jobs on time and charge what you need to charge. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then and that's what's crazy is you know what I'll get a lot is um there's this that's a pretty decent one, you know, like the backs of those get masked off, the right, threads yeah. get masked off, et cetera, et cetera. Mo- you know, again, I have um, one guy's been here two years. Another guy's been here, I think, just over a year now or a year next month. And then a uh, new guy started February, but he's been at a competitor's power coating shop literally around the corner. Um, we can walk there in five minutes right now. <laughs> but uh so he knows what's going on but i like to just you know hey if it's there's a picture and it's in writing as well there should be pretty minimal um room for error yeah um but then like people are like i, I could never make money doing that for you know like the, those cam covers i think we're, we charge like seven bucks a piece but guess what that's what it came out when we timed it um, and then that brings us to, you know, efficiency has a big play on, um, on pricing as well. So obviously if you're not efficient, um, so the, the company that that customer came from originally, everything's gloss black. It's all Harley parts. They would coat them or they would preheat them. Let me think about this. No, they would coat them first, put them in the oven 
pull them out after, you know, 10 minutes or so, hit them with a second coat, put them back in, you know, full cure, pull them out. Then they had a full like buffing station. Like they would sit there, wet sand and buff to make sure like they came out, you know, gloss black, Harley, perfect. And it was, it just blew my mind. Like to me, there's so much time wasted. Um, Cause again, here I, we sandblast it with raw media, nothing that's painted or greasy or anything goes in our blast cabinet at all. Only raw metal. Uh, the most we'll do is flash rust after we strip something, you know, steel will get flash rust. Um, but yeah, it's like we, if it needs stripped, we chem strip it. If it's hollow, I'll outgas it. If it's not, if there's no like seams or joints, it'll go straight to blast. It gets blasted. It gets put on a shelf. I'll Whoever's coating, will grab it, blow it off with air, coat it cold, put it in the oven. And we really, like, I've never had the issues that other people the, have. Um, Yeah, you're not doing the hot. Are you doing no hot? Pre-heating, no preheating. No, yeah, no pre yeah, yeah. You're no. not doing all the tricks and tips kind of stuff. So, uh, if you want, we can take a walk. Yeah, let's do it. So and again, I, everyone, you everyone... know, I think what you were getting at earlier is something that I was trying to work on called a contribution margin. Um, yeah. And uh, you were breaking it down by the minute. By the minute, um, I was working at it from another angle. Uh, back in 2018 and 19 when we were, yeah. you know, hiring new employees and stuff like that. Um, and maybe we can get back to that. I, I wasn't planning on showing it, but I can. But knowing yeah. your contribution margin uh, is really vital to your business, um, especially when you get to be as busy as you are. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, okay, sure. so what, are we, what are we looking at here? So this is our schedule. Everything that's on this board needs to be done that day. Um, and preferably no later. <laughs> right. um, anything in black writing is a public. Anything in purple, we either have a contract or a verbal agreement that, hey, you get a guaranteed week turnaround. Yeah. Anything in red is an expedite. Okay. Whether it's next day, three day, like this this one here was a next day. That The Gremlin Garage, I'm pretty sure was a week. Um, so let's see, where are we at? We're on the 16th. So the public is, I only do two public jobs a day. Okay. Because some of these get to be thousands of parts and yeah. trying to squeeze those, you know, whatever they got going on there. Um, trying to squeeze that in the middle of just knocking stuff out gets pretty, pretty hard sometimes. Um, What's so the every, number? What's the number after that name? Um, oh, those are invoice numbers. Just oh, because, okay. as you can see, like this guy came twice today and dropped off two different two times. Different jobs. Okay. That he's there. Sense. He's also there, and he's there. It's just really hard to. Like we need to. I try to make sure, like you know, we all like to cherry pick our jobs. There's definitely jobs that we don't yeah. like to do. So the way I eliminated that is. From here on out, you know, in order received is how it leaves. Like there's no shortcutting unless you're going to pay extra. Right. Um, that kind of thing. First in, first out. Yeah. And it really, 
really has helped and uh and the papers have as well because again like the first six years i would just shoot from the hip i would do whatever everything was in my head nothing was written down it was terrible i can't believe i never lost any parts yeah um here's you know so if you we're want to in call your showroom show now right yeah yeah so here's a um Oh. This, nice, this nice melted wheel here. Wow, that's cool looking. <laughs> so I like to tell people that there's a possibility that this can happen to any part you give me. <laughs> that's a really good one. Because I, well, I, I've had it happen to where, you know, someone will give you, I mean, some plastic today is like brushed aluminum yeah. looks, or even die cast. So die cast is a good one, especially with Harley parts. Uh, if you, you know, if you forget you know, 400 for 10 minutes and you actually go 400 for 20 minutes, that die cast will melt. <laughs> Gosh, I know. Um, obviously, good old chrome. Everybody loves chrome. Oh, yeah. This primary was like perfect before and the heat from the oven kept making the chrome bubble. So that's that was, great example you know, that's that. a chrome warning. Like, hey, if, you know, you get a part back and there's one little lift like bump, it's not the powder. It is your chrome. We do not warranty that is what it is. Um, and then, you know, like the things we did at Cerakote training was pretty, pretty fun. A couple like just random. Most wheels. guys want to show people all the cool stuff they could do, not all the bad stuff they can have. Yeah, no, I, I would love like to have a wall. Of view. I would love to have a wall of just like this. This is why things don't work. And now... <laughs> Here's a really handy, handy thing. Every time this door shut, it locks. So it, it keeps people from going into the back of the shop um, and bothering you. Yeah. <laughs> so I make sure that door shut at all times. Um, and again, when I made the transition from like owner to, I don't really want to deal with people anymore. I want to stay in the back. The people who were used to dealing with me you know, they always want to talk to the owner. Yeah. So that keeps that from happening. Matt can just say, I'm not here. And nobody knows because I rarely ever go out that door. Oh, I lie all the time. Oh, he's busy. He's yeah. in the shop. He's power cutting. Can't interrupt. Yeah. Most of the time it's just so the wanting to give us capital loans or something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Government beat you to it. <laughs> right. So the power rack we're looking at right now is just overflow. Um, it could be going in or out. This is all just ready to be blasted. There's stuff down here that was in the strip tank, obviously nice flash rust. So that, that right there is about the dirtiest that goes into the blast cabinet. Right. So the right, there's another overflow, either intake or out. Um, just, just parts. And I have a wheel rack for wheels. Oh, that's nice. Um, so the sandblast station is here. So basically, he also has everything on this rack is to be blasted. Um, so I left this empty today. So normally we would either move from those two shelves over there. Um, or there's some rolling carts on the other side of the shop that, you know, people came the last three minutes of the day and dropped off. So basically those would go on this shelf. So this shelf, at least the two should get emptied every day. 
Um, and then it basically after he's blasted, so, you know, he's blasting right here. So he's pulling things from here. They're going in here. And then you turn around and you just put it right there. So it's really close. Your employees aren't wandering around all over the shop, wasting time, <laughs> getting Good distracted. Yeah. yeah. So I literally, you know, I enclosed it for a reason. Like mm -hmm. you don't want to be too far from what you're working on. That's right. just wasting time. Um, How big and then is again, your shop, Paul? So I have two 2,000 square foot units. One. Okay. So this is the powder side only. Okay. So yeah, you got to Yeah. Okay. And then the other side's for Cerakote and overflow and stripping. Yeah. Um, so basically tomorrow, you know, I kind of take those pieces and start. Powdering. Yeah. Just grab these, start powdering. We already typically, so we close at 3 PM on the dot. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I, like I don't, you know, usually I, I'd go and tap people on the shoulder, like, Hey, 10 minute warning, or, you know, the coder, Hey, this is your last batch after this. Don't put anything else in the oven kind of thing. Right. right. Three o'clock we're gone. But uh, typically around one o'clock, whoever's coding will stop coding and, you know, basically QC, whatever they did for the day, put it away and then start hanging for the, you know, get a little head start for the next day like this. Right. Yeah. It's a, you know, a couple hundred little spacers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then aside from that, you know, we'll knock these out first in the morning and then just start grabbing from the shelf, you know, and then uh, each station has a folder so this is to be coded this is done what was done today and then same with the blast the blast has to be blasted and then what they did okay and what i do before the end of every day is i'll grab what they did and just double check it like hey you forgot you know if something happened hey you forgot to do these 10 pieces because they were in the chem tank or something like that just to kind of stay on top of it, keep all the jobs together. Um, Cause obviously you don't want to lose anybody's pieces either. Um, right. I think when you're doing that level of parts, Paul, it's really, I mean, it can get away from you pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not organized. So, so typically like whoever's coding, so whenever we line stuff up on a rack like this, we'll uh -huh. just basically grab from this rack here, put it in the booth, and then right. there'll be another rack like right right here, right behind us. Yeah. And hang hang right. on it. Um, you can't really see it, but there's a line across the back of the spray booth. Okay. So I'll just hang parts all in that back line and then pull pull them forward one at a time to do do whatever. And then after they go in the oven. You know, we just kind of line them up here. Yeah, so they're getting ready to go into the batch. Okay. Yeah. Today was a weird. How many racks do you have there? Uh, one, two, three. There's nine, ten on this side. Um, and today was a weird day. Like all these racks right here were all two stage, so kind of, and they're heavy. Ah. These these things are like eighty pounds a piece, and then, right. you know. These, these were the lift blocks I was talking about earlier. You know, illusion. Obviously, they didn't look the same as those did when I first pulled them out of the oven. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so now over to the Cerakote side. 
Um, so typically same kind of like what you see here is the same thing I'll do with the powder. I'll put all the sandblasted parts on a cart just right there and we'll put hooks on yep. the cart and just start grabbing and going. And then this side has six racks on this side. Um, and then typically depending on, you know, all those exhaust pipes earlier were on this shelf. So this is like right. the to be Cerakoted shelf. And then, so you're doing the, um, you're not doing the cold or the dry coat Cerakote, you're actually doing the, the bake on one, right? No, this is all C-series. Oh, it is, okay, yeah. okay. All the air cure. Yeah. So all this, all this whole mess right here gets glacier black. Right, right, okay. And then. Uh, now, just from, to back up a little bit, because yeah. those, you know, you, you know, your, your, your hourly rate, is it different for Cerakote or are you trying to keep it all the yeah, same? Yeah, no. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's where it got a little hairy, <laughs> a little hairy. Uh, obviously Cerakote is expensive. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, it might take us, well, okay. It takes me, I don't know. Did you watch any of the YouTube videos? Uh, no, not yet. No. So if you watch, I'd be curious to know because Ross Cerakotes too. Um, mm -hmm. I again, I've been doing this 13, 14 years. Um, I've been doing the same parts for 13, 14 years, so I'm really fast at it. <laughs> so when I first started auditing the Cerakote, I only had like two really good customers, and I'm like, man, this turbo manifold even though we, we were charging like 75 per manifold for it, you know, it only took me eight, eight to nine minutes to sandblast and coat it start to finish. I'm like at 160 an hour, like that's nothing. So I kind of just kept messing with the hour labor rate until I was close to where everyone else was. So we de Cerakote's definitely more profitable than powder here at this point. Yeah. Um, cause again, like efficiency, why do you think there's so many painters for cars and trucks and bikes? Yeah. And stuff? Oh, for they, sure. Because you can, you know, yeah, that's yeah. why they don't like the powder coaters. They, they think we're a joke or something. You know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have, um, two customers that have really good paint shops and they actually use me for a lot of things cause they're like, it's cheaper than paint and your quality is there. So, yeah. it's cause I, it's really hard too to, like I've never known a painter to powder coat anything of their own because they can paint. So why wouldn't they just paint it? Right, right. <laughs> but I have a few that are like open-minded and they're like, yeah, it's better than, than me painting it. And it's cheaper to pay you than me spend money on supplies and, you know, yeah. paint it myself. Um, and then, so on the other, on the other side of the Cerakote, um, this just came in today as chemical. The devil, the devil juice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good um, way to say it. Yeah, this this shelf here is just for uh, we use a courier service. Uh -huh. So whenever certain parts get done, they'll just get put on the shelf. Courier will come grab them and take them elsewhere. But like typically, so these these came in like the last five minutes of the day. So typically, those will go back over on the the sandblast shelf. So do you pack package everything? Uh, for the courier 
Not really. Um, How do you know that? I mean, have you ever had issues with uh, scratching? You know, just only when he got rear-ended once. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's pretty um, I mean, is he going very far? I mean, I don't know. You know, yeah, I mean, he's going about 50 on average. Like our, our main customer that we use him for is probably 20, 20, 30 miles away, I would think. Um, but no, basically what I did, so everything will just get wrapped in cellophane. Um, and then I bought probably like 20 Harbor Freight moving blankets. Yeah. And I was just like, here, keep these in your van for, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, like, that's I smart. Yeah, because uh, he used to have some, but they all got trashed and torn up. So I just, you know, whatever. They're four ninety nine a piece. <laughs> so we'll just lay the. And he has like a rubber floor, and a, they're just cargo yeah. vans, like E three fifties or E two fifties. And um, yeah, he just uh, really good. Uh, literally, other than the one time he got rear ended, he was stopped on the freeway. Guy came up behind him, and wow, and geez. even then, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, but um. Yeah, no, you guys are looking for if you're looking for I I have a I have a dot a a Ram tradesman. They don't make them anymore, but basically if you can imagine a Dodge Caravan with no seats in the back, yeah, uh, it just has a steel plate instead Mm. of seats. That's basically what my minivan looks like. And getting uh flooring. For that is really expensive so i went yeah. to amazon and you know they when you buy like a uh when you buy like a, a exercise bike or a, a treadmill they have these you can buy these mats these gym mats and i found one that because if you were just to search for automotive uh floor mats they would charge you outrageous prices right because it's specifically yeah. designed for your car or whatever i found a a gym mat with that uh that you know i want to say it's about uh five eighths uh thick matting black matting and it's yeah. the kind of stuff you see at the gym and uh i got it for like 50 bucks oh, amazon and it it's worked out great. Doesn't tear. It keeps everything from moving because it you know it's just uh, so. If you're looking for a mat to to delivery and stuff, try try looking at gym floor mats for like you know at home or whatever where people can just put their bike on top of it and they you know it, it, it's the yeah. same material. It's just cheaper because it's for a different purpose. It's so funny. It's like razors, men's razors versus ladies razors they yeah. are just ladies like three times as much as guys yeah. right <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever noticed that um yeah. we usually wrap our stuff in the pe foam um i i don't know if it's a good thing it, it certainly adds to the expense yeah uh for sure because it's not cheap stuff and it comes yeah. on a roll anywhere from 12 to 24 inches wide uh, so we've, we've used that plus the moving blankets for sure. Uh, and, um, but you know, usually the welders, they never have blankets and stuff. So we have like, yeah, have that's the cu- stuff we use. Yeah. Yeah. I have a customer. I, I've, I've always heard it's expensive, but, um, 
probably every other week or so we'll get a pallet of it oh that's nice so you get to reuse um, it yeah yeah oh well, yeah he just gives it to us um so they actually use a um a line powder coater which is a whole nother yeah. realm of cheap <laughs> so parts you know with my hourly labor rate um you know, a part I'm at a dollar fifty for it, and that's kind of like on the lower end of the labor rate. Um, you know, they can get it done on a line for seventy cents. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yep, nope. And you know, and again, it's funny when people are like, Well, can you just match their price? And I'm like, No, man, it's not in my best interest to match their price if I'm not gonna make money. Right. You're not a line coder. Go to a line coder. Yeah. Um, so Actually well, that just was an went. interesting tour. I, I enjoyed that tour and, and got to see some insights there. Yeah. Um, I just realized how late it was. It is. Uh, well, it's only 2.17 here. Yeah. But Can I yes. um, make a quick call and jump back on this? Yeah. In fact, I'll just, um, I'll switch over to sharing my screen and I'll share the contribution margin. If I can remember, I've got it all listed here yeah. on how you would do that. So, yeah. All right. Let me jump off. I just realized I'm like, man, one kid's got volleyball practice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if everybody can see my screen, I've got what I've created here, a contribution margin. And this was a, uh, 2018 so it's kind of old but um we had actually made about one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars in um so it's like our i think it was like our second year of getting serious about taking our side business and yeah. growing it um and you need to know your variable costs um it's important to know what your total sales are Oh no, this is what we ended up with in 2017. So I had started, this was last year. So it was the year before it went 2017, we made 168. Then in 2018, we kind of doubled that. But um, the variable costs and the fixed costs, go and Google how to go about doing that. Um, a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a workaround in terms of formulas. You do need to know some things. I'll try to, I'll try to, this is just to show for purposes that yeah. um, you guys are, you know, to, that I'll take it, I'll do another show where I can show you that kind of stuff. But this is just for all intensive purposes, just to show you. So there's one, two, five steps in this. Um, and if you need to go, I'll, you can go ahead and just log off and then come back on again if you need a call. Okay. Yeah. Let me call the, the misses before I get uh, hung. I think you have to just end the session and then hop back on the same link and I'll let okay. you in again. Um, but step one is um, uh, of the contribution margin is to express it ut utilizing these things, the variable costs, the fixed costs, and the total sales of the year. Um, is to express it as a percentage. 
um, that's what you're after. So, um, and, and the reason why you wanna do a contribution margin, whereas earlier we were talking about the minute price, um, it's just a different way to calculate uh, if you're trying to project sales, the contribution margin would help you um, be able to project sales. For instance, if you were thinking about hiring an employee, that would help you, but it also is going to cost you, right? It's going to cost you in labor, uh, hiring someone. And if you want to see how much more you would have to bring in, in sales to afford that employee, then you would use the contribution margin. So I have a, an example of that below. Uh, but before you can do that, there's you have to get the contribution margin. You have to express it as a, a percentage, and then you have to you have to find out what your break even is. So in this example here. Um, I have taken the variable costs. This was year end, this was mid year, I believe, or la the year before actually, this was 2017's numbers, and this was 2018's final numbers. Um, and we came up with, you, you just divided the variable cost by the sales and we came up with a 19%. So you have to subtract that by, uh, by 100%, and we came up with 81%. Uh, 81%, yeah, is the contribution margin. So uh, it's just a simple formula. And then from here, you go to step two, which is taking that percentage and expressing it as an amount. And that's how you get the break even of your business. So the dollar sign over here is representing what the answer is to that question, the break even. So you take your fixed costs, which for us was 259,000, and then you, divide, you times that by the contribution margin, which was 81%. And then you do this next step, which is three, and you wanna use the contribution margin expressed as it relates to sales. Uh, so you take that 210,000, which was our break even, uh, variable costs were 60,898 for 2018. And uh, the sales contribution, you subtract that, and that's what you get your sales contribution to. So how, how this is leading a sales contribution is that percentage as a monetary price, right? Um, and with that is what you, that's how much more in sales we derive from the break even. So this is basically technically your, your, your margin. Um, uh, and then step four, we take those fixed costs and we subtract the sales contribution and you get the sales needed uh, to compare it for that new hire. So it just depends on what that new hire is. If it's an office person, you're planning on charging, you know, giving them, you know, an hourly wage. 
Uh, so we ca calculated that the new hire was going to cost $38,000. Of course, that includes payroll taxes, et cetera, et cetera, right? I wish it was um, that cheap in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I'm not sure if you're, if, if I'm making sense, Paul, step yeah. in if you can, if you, if you have a question about this, about this, but this no, is how no, I was taught. Um, and then uh, it, it's a little, you know, obviously the, your method is so much simpler and easier to use, but, um, yeah. you know, you probably had to do a lot of more of the back end stuff before you got to that. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, the advantage I had is one, it was pretty close to a formula we use for automotive stuff. Um, and two, I'd already been up and going for a while. So I've had a good pulse on what uh, my expenses were. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, so I think I just trying to think back, like the first time I did it and my break even was like 56 an hour. And again, that I think that was one employee and me paying myself like 50,000 a year or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, man, that's not enough. No. And I did, you know, I audited a couple of jobs and I was like, you know, like, I'm just going to swing for the fences. And I think I pulled like 160 out of my hat. I'm like, well, we'll just go with 160 an hour. I'm going to build people at that, see where everything ends. And no one complained. And I was making decent money and I was able to put, put a lot of money away. Um, for a down payment on a building and stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, um, that's, that's why you want to use this system because yeah. when you're ready, say you do want to go get a new employee or buy a building, this is the kind of stuff yeah. you need in order to get yourself there. Right. Yeah, How much exactly. more in sales. So that's where we're going. It's like, we're answering, we're trying to at, answer the question of how much more in sales do we need to derive in order to cover the cost of that new employee plus, you know, in, in, in sales, because you, you're going to need to make more than 38, of course, you know, 38,400. Yeah. So how much more in sales? Um, and this is not even getting to like the output part, which we you were talking about by walking through your shop, you know, is yeah. keeping those guys busy and, you know, and then yet and keeping, able them, keeping them confined. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like yeah, and I noticed that that your your offices or your 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 warehouses were definely defined because they were two yeah. different spaces with a hope opening in the middle. Yeah. Uh, to to get to the other side, you know. And those um, those doors are closed all day. It's like you know, if you're seracoding, you stay over there. You don't need to go. You don't need to come over here for anything. Like these guys right. on gloves. Uh, okay. Anything that has to do with paint is on that side of the shop. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I didn't show, so right next to the spray booth, I have um, all the common powder that we use. Um, oh, lost me. So all the common powder. Um, I have 100 pounds on hand of each color right there next to the booth. So again, they're not wondering. The only thing that is on the other side of the shop is a powder room with all that powder. I don't need them going back and forth, wasting literally an hour a day just going back and forth to getting powder so all the normal all, all the blacks basically and one mm -hmm. one box of gloss white is right next to the spray booth so you only have to go six feet right right yeah i i found this helpful uh it was a little um arduous and it took a lot of time to yeah. to get to you know <laughs> 
uh, it took a lot of time. And I was actually using a, a book. Uh, I had taken a night class or something and they were, and even when I asked them about fixed costs or variable costs and what they were and what should be included for powder coating, I mean, they yeah. were, they couldn't even answer me. So, um, yeah. you know, just know when people talk these big talks, you know, like your accountant or your bookkeeper talks about these big words, you know, they don't really know. Right. Bookkeeping is not as, you know, there's parts of bookkeeping that are very uh, accurate. And then there's other parts that are very interpretive. Um, and I always thought of it just being one way. Um, yeah. So just know that just because, you know, you, you don't have to know the answers to all of these things that we're talking yeah. about. Again, this pod, pod, podcast, this powder podcast, powder is just kind of just trying to get you to be aware of it um, yeah. so that you can consider it as either being important or not ready or thinking about it in the future or yes, I need this now. This is exactly what my problem is. How yeah. do I get more kind of thing? You know, um, I think, um, you know, people are on the fence just even moving out of their garage, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and stuff. The big jump. It um, is a big jump. And a it's a couple other things. You're personally really responsible on the lease too, right? Oh yeah. yeah. So sure. there's that guarantee, that personal guarantee too, you know. So how do how do you guys handle if something needs to be chemical stripped? We use Benco. Um, and you, has like, the, according to the customer, do you charge just per part or kind of make that up? <laughs> um, we don't have a separate pricing for the stripper. Um, so I, like as a, as a process or as a service. Um, that's one thing I started doing. So I have a minimum for chem strip is 45 bucks. So okay. if you bring me, if you bring me one part, like almost everything here has a minimum. Right. Um, and that's, I'm dying to get, um, God, yeah, yeah. you gotta have so a minimum. Minimum for chem strips, 45 bucks. And then just depending on the part, it'll never be higher than a hundred. So basically the way I kind of did it, it was if you fill my tank up with a bunch of parts, I'm just going to charge you a hundred bucks, uh, which is extremely cheap for Phoenix. Yeah. But um, at the same time, I'm looking at, at this right now. So uh, change this back around. And uh, so before you say that, before you reply, my question is just to kind of set up what we're talking about is, are you saying that you're getting calls from customers that just want you to strip parts? They don't want you to do um, anything else. No, uh, a few, a few will for sure. Um, oh, okay. But just as a, you know, rule, rule of thumb, like, you know, every, every step of the way needs to be accounted for and charged. True. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so this is February 1st to the 16th. Um, again, and QuickBooks, I just have it save as chemstrip a okay and we that's 1015 bucks in chemstrip for 21 jobs wow just this month alone okay so and again it's like you know what are your other options do you want to pay me 160 bucks an hour to blast it for 
twice as long or do you want to just pay a quick 45 bucks and your job comes back better one right <laughs> right um and i've you know for the longest time i would just you know um add 20 bucks here for that 20 bucks there and then again when i just made okay minimum which that went up recently too it used to be a minimum of 30 um and jokingly i'm telling people like it's probably going to go up because again january i was transferring out of the drum into the tank mm. and the hose ruptured and sprayed all over me mm. and i had no no ppe on at all of any way shape or form um so i lost the ability to walk for two weeks <laughs> had second degree yeah. chemical burns both legs arms um so yeah also wear your ppe folks yeah wear that bib <laughs> that stuff is not to be messed with luckily it wasn't b17 i'd probably be dead <laughs> yeah yeah i used 1010p okay um i get it three days after i order it it works pretty quick it doesn't eat aluminum it'll destroy magnesium uh, and that's from chemisphere and it's just water water neutralizes it you don't need any kind of special blend right it's the safest least smelling stuff i could find okay <laughs> but Chem still very dangerous chemtol chemtol chemis chemisphere chemisphere okay. yeah and it's 1010 p it's pretty close to they they make a, a one that's close to b17 too that's cheaper but well send me a link on that um yeah. and i'll include it in the podcast um and then the other um so expedite fees obviously i charge that um yeah what are you charging for that so again normal normal price if you want it same day it's 500 percent more so it'll be you know same price times five okay There's your price uh, if you want it next day it's 300 percent. okay and then typically we do three days three or four days for 50 percent more that's not bad and again where are we at here so this is again february 16th uh, yeah just this month alone 708 dollars and 50 cents in expedite fees that's awesome i mean what a way to really and again i was that guy you know you're my customer i'm gonna help you out and i'm gonna stay late okay. so my wife can yell at me for not being home with the kids and just yeah. so you get your part back tomorrow. And honestly, I'm tired of that. I don't even have kids. My kids are grown up and I don't want yeah. that. <laughs> it was the wife that kind of started that, it was, you know, and a very valid point. Like, Yay to those powder coating wives. Yeah. <laughs> the um, reason another, for solutions in the powder coating industry, I swear. I'm going to have a wives only powder coating yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, another fee I charge 20 bucks to change colors. So, okay. Yes. So in between, again, so, tons of lost money there because yeah. I get a lot of customers are like, okay, we want this gloss black. These need to be satin and this silver. So I only chart. I'm set That's up. That's a very to, overlooked one there. That's great. Yeah, and I'm set up to change um, colors really quickly, but doesn't I, matter. I also, again, I go by the form. I don't cherry pick. So if the form has three colors on it, those three colors are getting done back to back to back, even if the next job I'm going back to another color. That's, 
everything just stays together. We, to my knowledge, have never lost a part. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, again, I was missing money. That's 300 bucks this month alone. And we're halfway through the That's month. Awesome. And color That's chain. awesome. I'm trying That's to a make it or break it for someone right there. That one tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, top coats, we just do 50% over whatever, you know. We do 60 on, um, so what we do is majority of the times because we're so close to the oceans. Yeah. We're, we're pretty much just doing a two coat system all the time um, with a primer base, especially for architectural jobs. Not so much for aluminum rims and automotive parts, but mainly for like anything structural um, is getting more important. It's getting two coats and we charge 60% for the primer coat. So we'll take the batch price times it by 60%. I am including uh, I am including the primer powder in that. Um, and it's yeah. only because primer is so cheap. Um, you know, I don't mind including this, that to the 60%. So uh, yeah. that's how we do that second coat. Because you, you could, you know, it doesn't matter if the primer coat comes first or not. I'm just saying the second coat should be 60%. At yeah. least for us it is. And you're saying... It's 50% for you. Um, But we're like out of the three things we just talked about. I like your number better. (laughs) I think think that's our next price increase right there. There you go. Out Uh, of the three things, uh, the the rush rate, the change color rate, and the second coat rate, we're only doing two, uh, one of the three things you're doing. And if we could implement those other two it would be a game changer for us and again i i personally like the idea of batching chemical strip a minimum for it too because that stuff's nasty you know you're killing yourself every time you go over by it like (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then god forbid you get injured and have a bunch of medical bills from it (laughs) gotta be able to pay those somehow jeez Um, i know the other thing i did i only recently switched quickbooks online Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a feature you send the invoice. I have a five day grace period set up and then it automatically tacks on 20% for a late charge. <laughs> Love you. Um, in the paperwork I have them sign, it says they need to pick it up within three business days. Yeah. Um, so, but again, this year alone, and I only started enforcing it this year, uh, 700 and $26 in late fees. Again, free no. money because people like to, and again, it's almost always the public. So not only do they get hit with a $150 minimum, but when, you know, your parts sit on the shelf for a week and a half after they're done and we've called you three times to come get them, you got an email. I can see that you looked at the email. Sorry, another 20%. And no one's complained. They're just like, sorry, we couldn't make it on time. Here's your money and have a nice day. And because isn't it always about hurry up and wait? I yeah, mean, exactly. you know, I'm tired of that. You know. Okay, so Here's tell me again. You're charging after, so you give them a five day grace period. Five day grace period. Technically, the terms say three day. Okay. Um, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Contrary to what some people think. Um, and then it's just twenty percent of whatever the bill is. 
Right. So you're encouraging them to pay it right away. And yeah. what if they don't pick it up right away, though? Do um, they pick it up or you just you're hanging on to it? Do. So, again, my main customers are um, business. So the second I send an invoice, they're here with some are here within minutes. Like, they're okay. like, cool, I needed these things. Bye. And they just leave. And we have almost everyone. Um, we have their card on file because I got mm-hmm. tired of. Oh, yeah, the guy, that's what the I guy want. Who writes the checks isn't in today. Well, tired of that. You know, those awkward moments where you're like, well, you can't take your parts because you owe me for the last three. Well, Ross gives Ooh. them away anyways. He's like, I need yeah. to make room in the shop. So they're already we're already yeah, off balance. That right? too. But again, the remedy for that, let me just get your card on file. Then you can right. pay it whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, and again, everybody was like, oh, that's a great idea. Um, another funny thing. So I don't do net terms anymore, mm-hmm. but net terms, it was a great oh. one. When I got rid of that, it was the easiest thing and I made more money. Um, so, right. Someone calls you, give them a quote. Okay. That job's going to be 200 bucks when they bring it. They're like, Oh, well, we're net 30. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Let me revise the quote. So I did for a while, if they were net 30 for every seven days, they wanted me to float the bill. I added 10%. So, okay. If you're net 30, now it's 40% more. Most people were fine with it. And I was extremely happy because now I'm getting, you know, most, most people in general pay their bills um, until you get that one that stiffs you for 18 grand for nine months. Then that one, that one hurts, puts a bad taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so once a, a few people burn me um, and it's always like the multi-million dollar corporations that are worldwide, yeah. they're just like, whatever, you're a little guy, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But um, so what I started doing, same thing, you know, oh, we're net 30. Okay, here's your new price. Oh, why is it so much? Because I'm I'm the bank now. I got to charge you interest. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Tell you what you can do, though. You can put it on a credit card for the original price I quoted. You could pay them in 30 days. And you wouldn't believe how many people are like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Let me, you know, let me call corporate and get a, get you a card. And then you just keep it on file. And when it leaves, you charge it. And I think we have something like if it declines, like it's a $30 fee or something like that, even though there really is no fee, like that's just what we charge the customer for having to call them and say, Hey, there's no money on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that, that rarely happens. Usually it's expired or something like that. And they're just like, here's your new card. Sorry that happened. Or I, like give me that. Minutes, I got to make a payment. I mean, that strategy isn't bad, but I can see now comparing it to the, the new strategy you have this yeah. year, that that's a way better strategy. Oh, and, and people are yeah. like, you know, the, oh, let me check with corporate. They call back. Do you take Amex? Absolutely. Cool. Here's the number. And that's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, gosh, these are just... I, my mind is just like swimming yeah, around. I pulled, up my item, I pulled up my items list and I'm like, oh, we should probably cover some of these things. <laughs> Maybe, oh, here's, yeah. Here's another good one, two-tone labor. So when any, anybody wants something two-tone. I was going to ask you about that earlier. Uh, up front, I just tell them, you know, it's, it's going to be an open blank check. Like how much, you know, uh, wheels... And a lot of wheels I've done over and over again, I have a pretty good grasp. Like, hey, it's going to be 
80 bucks to do, get this done. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much, I will only do two-tone on a weekend when I know I'm not going to get interrupted mm-hmm. and just sit in my chair in my spray booth and vacuum and wipe away. Um, but, you know, again, the stopwatch is going the whole time and whatever, wherever it ends is, that's how, that's how much it is. Take it or leave it kind of thing. Um, and again, I haven't, either people will say, well, never mind, let's just do them black because they're scared or um, if they're like, whatever, go ahead. I'll just ask again, like, is there a number you definitely don't want to go over? Cause I don't want to spend nine, you know, nine hours on these wheels and Hey, guess what? It's three grand for the set. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, I, the two tone for sure. And, and I know that people, I mean, there's guys out there that just eat that for lunch every day, you know, but when you don't eat that for lunch every day, yeah. Um, or doing do an illusion scale too. There's jobs. I have three colors. They're uh-huh. little, little tiny parts. Um, I have some on my Instagram, but it's red, blue, and black. And I got, you know, you do a hundred of them, you get it down pretty quick. Um, what works, what doesn't. I do a lot of 13 spoke Harley wheels. I got those down. So I have like special fittings and a choke valve on the vacuum. So I could just run the vacuum over and then just do a quick wipe. It's like, I think I got that down to like 12 minutes per wheel mm-hmm. on both mm-hmm. sides. So, but it's all, that's all practice and repetition. Yeah. And I, I think these are all really good strategies because, you know, every day you don't know what comes into your shop or what you'll be yeah. faced with next. And um, we all know that like, um, you know, getting it down pat is is so key to uh, to doing it right or making money with it. You know, um, yeah, exactly. so I think that's a great way to end the podcast. I think this has been so informative. I've learned so many things here; it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I can't wait to listen again because I have a feeling this is just one of those podcasts that you're going to have to just listen to over and over again and if you if you have a way to to print out or uh send in an excel document or something like that uh, your price list or whatever i mean feel free i'm not putting you on any kind of uh choke chain there just if if you if you you have it it's easy to put out or spit out of the yeah, computer I mean, we have it in uh we have it in excel format because that's the easiest way to increase them we just import everything to excel yeah go down the is, road add three percent go back through round them up a little bit and then <laughs> that's it there's our new price list <laughs> yeah because i i mean this is seriously like one of the things that i've set out this year to, to fix in my quickbooks of course i use yeah. quickbooks desktop but yeah. um you know, I it's really say, uh, just to nail it down, you know. I used to hate uh, online when we used it before. And um, right towards the end of the year when we were about to do taxes, we synced it up with Square and it doubled everything. Oh, no. So then we were, I was like, screw this. And then my accountant at the time scared me into... Um, let's just say he was a a great account. Um, 
He's like, you don't want anything online because there's once it's online, it's always online. Uh, he's like, switch the desktop. Um, you know, just basically so it, there's no record of of certain things. Right. Don't want them on there, like estimates and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I'm suspicious. I don't, I don't want to go online. Yeah. It's not for me. But um, this has been awesome. And thank you again for coming out. Um, if you guys have uh, any comments or questions you want to ask, please do so in the comment section of uh, either YouTube or the um it, you know the platform podbean platform um let us know how you feel about these it's tips there. that paul's you know shared with you because i think they're certainly very innovative um and workarounds that you've used just to solve your own problems you yeah. know um and i think it's just great that you you know obviously you didn't have to share them, but you shared them here today. And we certainly as an industry appreciate you doing yeah. that. <laughs> um, you know, nobody, you know, a lot of times topics like this seem to be in the shadows or people don't want to share. So I appreciate your candor and, and your openness about it um, and, and, and troubleshooting your own problems. Who knows how many you've helped today. So thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. And I know you got to get to your kids and your yeah. life and, and everything. So I'm going to end the podcast. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, before before you let me go, hopefully everybody listening and uh, that's powder coating can get a labor rate established. Yeah. Stop trying to match the other guy. <laughs> Do what works for you to make money. <laughs> Yeah, because we all pay different rates for leases and areas yep. and shipping and powder and everything. We're all in different yeah. stages of our businesses. So yeah. um, I think it's great that you're at a level where you are starting to get control over those. And, you know, obviously, if you just keep implementing these methods, I think you'll be able to, you know, grow pretty even more than yeah, you have already. Sure. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not flawless. Mistakes still happen, but yeah. they're very, very limited. And what's great is if you do have employees and there's a mistake made, um, like earlier, I showed a picture of um, uh, one of the papers that said "Do not blast" in big black sharpie letters on the front page. We had an incident uh, last year when two of us went up to the Cerakote training. Mm -hmm. We had a, uh, I think like a $4,800 Toyota Supra muffler in. We were only doing the tips. So on the paper, it said, do not blast. And the entire thing got blasted. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So then we had to sub out, you know, get it polished again, uh, coat tips and all that stuff. But, you know, it's. Oh, well, um, yeah. yeah. Mistakes happen, yeah, but mistakes you can recover happen. them from them. But just that, repeating but the same mistakes too is bad. Yeah. You know, you want to just make that mistake once and learn your and lesson. At least there's accountability there, though. Like, hey, you messed up, and there's you shouldn't have been because this system's in place. And right, 
you know, hopefully they learn from their mistakes or whatnot. But Right, right. That's awesome. This has been a great podcast. Thank you so much, Paul. Yeah, and no um, avpcodings.com. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook and go check out his website and go stop by his shop. And I know there's lots of coders in Arizona that listen to us. So uh, go and meet Paul. He's a great guy. Talk to you later, Paul. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.